Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. It is Monday, so we are here with Dan. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping amazing leaders hire great talent. Dr. Dan? Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies. Uh, I have the back of people who are trying to get a competitive edge in whatever they're doing. I'm a business and sports psychologist. Uh, but as applied to uh, the cybersecurity work, I've been working with cybersecurity professionals for the last five or six years. And, and the point is, it's really mind game strategies for getting a competitive edge. So how do you separate yourself from your competition? And that's what we're gonna talk about. And we're gonna talk today about what's really important to people. So you get an idea of either the people you're managing or working with, what their wish list is. And we're working on that wish list right through the year. Yeah, I mean, it's so important right now. Good morning, Ben. Get Hi, ben. Ben. Good morning, everybody. So, um, Dan, you know, one of the things that you tell us all the time is that your clients are in 2026 looking backwards. Right. So, you know, I'll kick it off. It's 2026. Now what? Well, here is, here is why, even though that defies conventional wisdom, there's a reason for it to work that way is because the way an individual's subconscious mind works. Uh, most everybody that's on this call works. Let me, let me back up. The people on this call know way more than they know that they know. And I've seen that happen over and over and over again. So understanding why God made your arms so long so that you can pat yourself on the back from time to time, I think is an important thing to keep in mind. But the way 2026 works is that is that your subconscious mind must act out every thought, image, or idea that you put into it. And it will do that relentlessly. So if you imagine 2026, just dream it. This is not goal setting. This is just, if I gave you a magic wand and you waved it and you were in 2026, what would that look like to you? And then what happens, it happens by itself. You don't have to work on this. The dream drags you toward it. And what we look, we look back as in 2026 for anything that could get in the way of disrupting your plan to do that. And one of the things to keep in mind is, is that the people you're competing with are not thinking this way. Uh, it, it's, it's an interesting conversation if you're applying for a job, for example, and you ask an interviewer or recruiter, you know, where do you see this company in 2026? They'll pause and look at you because they're talking about 2021 and 2022. So it's how do you get out to 2026? And what, what do we look for going backwards? And I said to Renee, I just wanted to run through a list of the things that, that people that I work with want to have happen. It's important to them. They want to increase their concentration, particularly with the, the uh, breaches that are going on and their focus in their job. How do you increase your, your concentration? Now, I spoke to a – I worked with a professional football player, quarterback – I said to him, when you want to increase your concentration, he said, what get, I said, what gets in the way? He said, I get distracted. I said, okay. I said, what distracts you? He said, well, the way I talk to myself. So then we go back to listening carefully. And this is something you're going to be surprised to notice you do going forward. What do you hear yourself saying to yourself when you overhear yourself talking to yourself? And is that positive? So it's really controlling self-talk. That's the next thing. I, I have the self-talk, this chatter and chatter and chatter and chatter go on and on. How do I control that? 
I want to manage and control my stress. Uh, I just had a client call me. He's on the way into some surgery, and he wanted to control his stress and also to distort time when he got out to increase the speed of his healing. Uh, so it's identifying control distractions. What distracts you? You have to look at what distracts you. If you're focusing on something and something, notice the distractions. Uh, and then they want to catch them earlier, control anger and aggression. You know, people, you know, I, I had a guy call me up telling me he's ready to go into his executive board and tell them off and that, 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 that. And I said to him, look, first thing I want you to do is put the pin back in the grenade and then call me back. Because what you say to people, how you structure your language, what you say is not con conventional. And it's not the way people think. A lot of people I work with, Renee, are working very hard at getting emotion out of their business. Yeah. And it's hard. It's very, very hard to do. Philip is here. Hey, Phil. He says hello, Renee and Dan. Good Hi, morning, Phil. everyone. Um, but you're right. You know, I, I, you told me that story about putting the grenade back in, and it made, it always makes me laugh a little bit because you know, we've, we, we, we can all relate. I think we've all been there where we're ready to tell our boss, you know, <laughs> put our middle finger up and walk out. <laughs> right. 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 So, see, that, that, might, that might work if you're moving forward from 2021 to 2021 and a half. But if you're looking at 2026, your subconscious mind says, wait a minute, put the brakes on back up. Is this really the smart thing to do? Because at the end of the day, your subconscious mind really wants to help, help you get what you want. Right. But what gets in the way? And so that's what we try to control. Uh, they want to increase, uh, develop a strong vision for the future. We control discomfort, improve their personal performance. What, how does that relate? We've talked to a lot of folks on this call about um, – you know, power communication. How do you communicate effectively? Do you just communicate your message or do you profile the people you're talking to, find out the way they need to hear what you want to say, and then structure the conversation in a particular way that gets the result that you want? And this, this is all very specific. You know, it's not a general whitewash thing. Everybody just talks. To it's who are you talking to? Who is that person? What do they need to have happen? How are they talking to themselves? What's their, what's their uh, focus? I mean, I'll, I can give you a very quick sports example. I worked with hockey goaltenders for 25 years. And I had a kid who was out in the Midwest. And uh, he had a horrible coach. As a matter of fact, his sports agent called me and asked me if I could help him with a client. And I said, what about that? He's another client's fine. He says, I need you to get the father not to go out and hit this guy with a bat. So, but at the end of the day, the coach is not looking for the success of his local team. He's looking to get drafted up into the NHL. He wants his next step. So are you helping him with his next step or not? So it's getting a thousand foot view of the situations you're dealing with. And that's got to be done on a one-to-one -one basis, which Renee and I have been working on this stuff for years, you know? Yeah. So, Dan, in those kinds of scenarios where, you know, people are distracted, people are, you know, trying to get to that next level, what are some of your recommendations? I, I think, you know, 
what I hear back from people is how do they build a relationship with their team? How do they talk to their team? And, you know, a friend of mine named Don Gabor wrote a book called How to Start a Conversation and Make Friends. And he showed me in an example in a restaurant, he, the waitress came over to take our order, and he said to her, how are you doing today? Now, in New York, it's how you doing, and somebody goes, oh, yeah. But it's how you doing today? The minute he said today, she put her pad down on the table and said, I have to tell you about today. It's unbelievable. But, you know, it's getting a sense with the people you're working with, you're really caring about them. Where do they want to be? M many people in, 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 uh, in a business environment, their responsibility, whether it's stated or not stated, is to mentor and develop the people who report to them. And so how do you do that? Renee and I know we, we've worked on this for years is finding out who the people are, what their goals and objectives are, and how you can help them attain them. So it's, and, and it, it may be done through uh, a training program or a, a, a uh, an informational program to find out what other people are doing that, not, that they're never talking about. We, we've talked about this, Renee and I, for a long time, that, that when people get a competitive edge, at least in my case, they don't give it away to anybody. You know, I don't have somebody who's just had their company really win, increase their sales team and that, go to their competition or somebody else say, you have to call Dan about this. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> so, so it's, and that's something else we, we, we said we had to include in this. One of the biggest things that goes on today is confidentiality. Everybody on this call, if they're seeking to talk to somebody, if they want to get an edge or deal with a particular situation that they're dealing with, they have to know it's in confidence. So, you know, uh, and that's, that's why people will have emailed me routinely from our calls here and, uh, and they do it on LinkedIn. I don't respond on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is not private. It's not confidential. So if you want to reach me, Send, send me an email from your private email address and I'll respond to you. You don't want something going through a compliance at your company. You know? And if you're dealing with a particularly difficult HR situation in the workplace, we're going to talk about it. Right. Exactly. It would need to be all, um, you know, confidentially, have conversations with you on through text and phone call and all the other stuff. I, I remember you used to have a card that said confidential sounding board. Yep. Yeah. I, I did, but you know, that's kind of blended into what, what I do. I just talk about it, but it's, and yeah, there may be still a website up that says confidential sounding board. Right. But and I also remember Dan that you, um, something you said about, Gosh, just oh, the best practices. When you said, you know, people don't give away what uh, is working for them. You know, no, they have right. they have a competitive edge. They don't. And so talk about that because I know sometimes you know we see oh, what are the best practices out there? What are people doing? And then everyone kind of jumps on that that bandwagon of best practices. So Which I, I, I love that term because you know I I was on a. Uh, plane coming back from a, a gig in Chicago, and uh, 
the woman sitting next to me, I said, what do you do? She said, well, she said, I was just at a conference where we shared best practices. I said, no, they didn't. <laughs> I said, they never shared their best practices. Try it in a restaurant. Go in and say, boy, I love this soup. What do you put in it? He's never given you all the, all the recipe. So the fact is, it's what people are doing that they're not talking about, which is interesting. They're talking about, I, I have two programs coming up this week on how people talk to themselves, how to get them to realize that their self-talk is contaminating. So people will, you know, it's interesting. I've had people come from, from different industries and say to me, could you work with my executive team or with my sales team? And I'll say, sure, but it's not going to be a traditional sales training program. It's to tell people what other people are doing that they're not talking about. So they're talking about the mental part of performance. They're talking about self-talk and how they communicate. There's a way to send a command to somebody, or there's a way to embed command in a language so that they will hear it and not realize they hear it and think about it afterwards. Because there's an invisible dynamic, and we talked about this over the past couple of months, is that one of the things that I do with people is when they ask me what I do is I tell them I sell mistakes. Everybody goes, oh, who would ever want to buy a mistake? I said, somebody who doesn't want to make one. Well, don't you learn by your own mistakes? Absolutely. But it's a lot cheaper to learn by somebody else's mistakes. So, you know, it's it, that's in people who... Believe me, there are people who you've dealt with who are sitting somewhere now saying, they interviewed you and they say, boy, I wish I hired that guy or that woman. And I didn't. So there's an, an invisible dynamic that works very much in our favor. Happens invisibly. You don't even see it. But it's called short-term discomfort versus long-term regret. Somebody, may want, somebody wants to build a cybersecurity team. And they may say, I don't want to work with Rene right now. I'll tell you what they really, really don't want. They don't want to be in 2026 looking backwards, wishing that they did. And so you're really providing people with some solutions that are invisible. And the other thing I'm curious about is, is you know, I have, and anybody that sends, or oh, you can go on my website and look for the article on money and mistakes. There's a whole list of mistakes that my clients have made before they became my client and what it cost them in money, emotion, and reputation. Now, all we have to do is look at this current breach that they're still unfolding now. People could write volumes on what happened there, but, but are the volumes of things to avoid playing into the hands of hackers? I don't know. So we don't want to put up, we don't want to develop a, uh, a training manual for people who want to break into places. So it's how do you put that stuff together? That's not my, that's way out of my lane. But the, the psychology of putting it together and the psychology of selling that to somebody really becomes important because there are people who don't know they need you, can't believe that they need you, can't believe that this stuff can happen, don't really understand the third sentence you say after you start talking to them because you guys in a very highly specialized field. So the question is, is it's how you structure your communication based on who you're talking to. Who is that person? So without that kind of a profile, you can't, you can't 
effectively develop a strategy to communicate with them because that's part of the first thing that's, that, that's happened. We had this topic a couple of months ago is how do you let people know they need you? How are you different than somebody else? Well, th- you know, the way, and it's this, I'm doing this presentation in a couple of, couple of weeks on uh, it really, you only have six seconds to, uh, describe what you do to somebody to make yourself differently. What you're attempting to do is you're attempting to get shelf space in the mind of the person you're talking to. And how do you get that shelf space? Well, you know, if you go into a supermarket to buy Raisin Bran, it's not on the shelf, you're not buying it. So you have to find a way to get on that shelf. And so what I've said to people in the three seconds, I mean, I gave you mine, I tell people I sell mistakes and that generates a lot of conversations. But I've said to some people, you know, you really like a bottle of Advil and Ambien. The person says, what? What are you talking about? Very simple. With the Advil, you have no headaches, and the Ambien helps you sleep at night. But I have a guy who's a real estate broker in in New York City. We worked on this project. He was a client of mine for about six months. He he took a bottle. He would go to a presentation somewhere, and he'd take a bottle of Tums. And he'd shake the bottle. That was the link. People would hear that and they go, what's he doing? And he'd say, you, I have the Tums. You, if you're working with me, you don't need the Tums. If you're working with somebody else, you better get a big bottle of Tums. You know, you can try this with Advil and Ambien. When you walk down a supermarket, walk down a, a CVS or a drugstore, See what happens when you see a bottle of Advil. See if you don't think about our phone call today. See if you don't think about Renee and I being on this program. There's a way to link people to what you want them to think about if it's done strategically. And that's what I help people do. I think the communication aspect of what you do and how you teach people to do that is um, something that a lot of people probably are not privy to. Well, they're not because, you know, I've talked to different industries and they say, oh, we don't need you. We have a guru in our industry who teaches everybody in insurance, insurance sales (laughs) or whatever it is, financial services. And I say, yes, but the thing to keep in mind is that person is not employed only by your company. He's being hired by everybody else. So everybody that he trains talks the same way. Everybody says the same stuff. And so at the end of the day, when you go to talk to somebody about your proposal or your expertise or what you want to, what you believe you can do for their company, they've heard it before. They've heard exactly the same thing before, or they really don't understand what you're talking about. Right. I mean, I, I propose, I have two sons who are, Financial traders. One trades exotic options globally, and the other one trades currency. Two sentences into the conversation, I have no idea what they're talking about. But that's the same thing with all of you guys on this phone call. You know stuff you don't even know that you know. So one of the things in your in your uh, profiles of the people you're approaching to talk to, do they understand what you're talking about, or do you need to talk to them as if it's third, like if they're in second grade. 
Matter of fact, second graders probably know a lot more. Right. You know? Right. Namdi says, love Dr. Dan's shelf space analogy. And I know Naomi is a big fan of that too. So. But, you know, it, but isn't that what we do? And you know what? They need you to be on their shelf more than you need to be on their shelf. Because who is going to protect them from the people who are trying to penetrate their company? Who's going to do it? The biggest issue is people who think everything is okay, don't know what's going on, have no idea of the risks, have no idea what's going on. And, and again, look at, it'll, 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 I can't even figure how they, they did this, made this breach that went on so long, but it just keeps coming up. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of even about the, the physical breach at the, the Capitol. I mean, you think about that breach and, and all the things that you said, like people not potentially, well, obviously, you know, not anticipating what could have happened, that that could not, have happened. Not, not, not being prepared. Right. Yep. So, it, you know, it comes back to that everybody you're talking to I believe, I'm talking to people who are listening in on this call, if you're trying to change from one position to another, if you're thinking of changing from one position to the other, if you're looking for a new opportunity, uh, how do you get yourself into a situation where somebody says, I need to be talking to this person? Just like I've said to Renee, somebody needs to, to, to build a cybersecurity team. Uh, what are they going to go to Yellow Pages? You know, it, it's how do you do that? So, you know, there are people that are on the upper echelons of expertise that very often are invisible. Keep in mind, most people don't talk about them. I have, it's very, you know, some of you know, I've mentioned this before. I've worked with professional athletes. So I help golfers uh, with a specific program I have, attract clients and develop new business, but also improve their golf game. So I had a call from a guy. He said to me, can you help me with my golf game? He was a three handicap. He wanted to play scratch. I said, yes. I sent him all my survey material. If anybody plays golf, text me with golf in the subject bar or in an email with a subject bar that says golf, and I'll send you some stuff. But he said to me, I want to improve my golf game. So he said, could you meet me at my office? So I went to his office. I had no idea who the guy was. So when I got into his office, he pushes all the golf stuff off the table. He said to me, this is not about golf. He says, I am in the middle of one of the biggest mergers and acquisitions going on in the country today in media. He said, I've got four months to persuade three guys that I'm the guy to run this company. And so we worked on designing, specifically designed conversations that he would have with each one of these people when he met them, asking them the right questions, making sure that he made sure they were asking him the right questions. Uh, and, uh, so he got the position. And so he was ecstatic. We went out to dinner and I said to him, do you know anybody else in the same situation you're in? He said, absolutely. I said, would you refer me? He says, no. He said, I can't tell anybody about you. He says, I don't want anybody to know the secrets that I have that I'm using now. So some, most people I find are very protective. I mean, my, my book, Click, Chad Pennington wrote the forward to that. He's a quarterback for the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, and so he, uh, you know, we've been, he was my client since 2005. And now we're in, uh, 
were, were in 2011 and he wrote the forward to the book. But there are other people who will say nothing. I mean, I worked with, with Major League Soccer for a year, completely under the radar. I have companies that white label me. You know, I'm like, you know, they have outsourced CFOs. I got outsourced psychological strategies for companies. But what's the question? Just like this big breach, did they ask the right questions soon enough? Did they call in the right, did they build the right team soon enough? And that's the one thing that I find on my mistakes list that comes up all the time is sooner. People say to me, we should have talked to you sooner. We waited too long. Everything will be okay. Well, no, it won't. <laughs> Dan, when you said psychological strategist, I thought of billions that, uh, that lady, Wendy. Yeah. Uh, billions. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're the person calming them down. Calming down. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, it's, it's helping them get out of it. Help, a lot of what I've done, Renee, is help people identify what they really do well. I mean, I had a tremendous opportunity with Hewlett Packard. I traveled around the world with their senior executives right underneath Carly Fiorina and worked with these very, very talented tech people who were put into management positions. And they wanted to ramp them up very, very quickly. They didn't want anything to go south. And they also wanted them to help in business development. So we put all of that together. But it, it's, uh, but yes. I'm 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 uh, the invisible Wendy, I guess. You're Wendy to everyone to the Bobby Axelrods out there. <laughs> well, you know, you you bring that up, but that that's interesting. I've got three people now, clients who are in financial services, and uh, I can't contact them at their office because there's compliance issues. People read emails, they read their stuff. Um, so it's uh, it's a covert, basically it's a covert practice, very much under the radar, and it stays there. So I had a, I had a discussion with, with a client about two days ago, and uh, she said to me, she said, how do I know this conversation is going to remain confidential? I said to her, what conversation? <laughs> I said, this conversation never happened. Exactly. You know, it's funny. Even when I worked with student athletes, I had one kid, a baseball player, and he uh, he said to me, uh, I said, I'm not going to talk to your mother at all about what you talk to me about unless you're a danger to yourself or somebody else. So his mother said, "I." he tells me what you tell him. And I said to him, I told him the same thing. I said, yes, but there's one fact. I said, you're his Mother, <laughs> I said, it's got to be different. It's hilarious. It is. It is hilarious. So, Dan, we have a couple minutes left, about okay. three minutes. Um, as we wrap up, you know, 2026, it, it's it's looking a lot like 2025 <laughs> was um, right now. But, you know, if people are between the distractions, the you know, again, political unrest, again, you know, like all of these different things that are laid on top of our current distractions, um, or I guess our standard distractions, just another layer of distractions with things coming at us left and right. Um, 
you know, what's what's the advice for the week? The advice for the week is take a deep breath. Uh, don't avoid at all costs telling yourself what you don't want to have happen. Because your subconscious mind never hears a negative command. And it's working on a strategy of who do you need to, where do you, if you waved the magic wand and you were in 2026, what would have to happen between 2026 and now? What could happen? It could derail you. And then the question comes back to uh, how, do you, how do you make that work? Well, one of the things I do, I've talked about this before, uh, you can try to build this 2026 slowly, but I use hypnosis with people on Zoom to help them do it very, very quickly. So there's not one professional athlete that I've dealt with who hasn't used a specifically designed form of self-hypnosis to help them to control their mind game. So this guy who I just spoke to before this call who's going into surgery is going to go in very calm and relaxed. When he comes out, time is going to go very, very fast for him, and he's going to heal better. So, that call for me. Yeah, they, 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 she's on another call. <laughs> Dan's my assistant. They, they all know, they all know where Renee is. <laughs> so this, but this is great. But you know, I'm all, anybody that has a question, if you go to my website, uh, you know, and you're interested, or pick a time. 15-minute time, call me and tell me what's going on. Because my basic question to everybody is, what do you personally need to have happen right now that's not happening? Right. And what's in a way? And I can tell you in five minutes if I can help you or not. But exactly. the point is, is that identifying what you need. But what happens is, is when you start to work on 2026, dreaming what it would be like if everything was on. You're five years older, your family's five years older, your job. Whatever you would want to be doing, you'd be amazed at how your subconscious mind drags you toward that outcome. That's true. That is very, very true. So, Dan, we are going to wrap. Um, Dan is actually going to be joining us for CISO Thursdays. Yep. So this will be exciting. Uh, as we bring more people into, we said, uh, I think James Azar said, we don't want to have an echo chamber and just be going around the horn talking about to ourselves about the stuff that we're constantly seeing as challenges and wanted to bring in more leaders. And so um, Dan's going to be joining us and his perspective, which is really exciting since you were there last week. That was a lot of fun as we did resumes. And I want everybody to know that we had the resume challenge. Well, not the resume challenge. We had the uh, we ha we are c consistently having during the month of January. Uh, James Azar said to us he put out a challenge to get ten people hired in January, and we currently have um, two people were hired. So two people got hired, which is phenomenal. Um, and we also have a, a ton of people who are currently going through the process. Naomi uh, Buckwalter, who's the mastermind behind all of that, she put the stats out today. We did about 70 resumes. I don't have all the details, but we reviewed last week 70 resumes. Um, collectively, many people were a part of it. And then we also, um, you know, 
I think we spent six hours or so online last week reviewing them for everybody. And then ultimately two people got hired. So we are two down at eight to go and it is only January 11th. So we need to bust through our uh, challenge and get at least 10 people hired. So we are excited to continue to do that. So anybody out here that has, you know, especially opportunities for entry-level people or people in transition, you know, keep in touch and we will um, continue to kind of push this out there and get this information out there. So Dan. See you Thursday. See you Thursday. See everybody Thursday. Phil says, I appreciate you, Dan, and we'll be working with you. So Phil's going to give you a call. Great. Awesome. All righty, folks. See you guys on Thursday. Have a good week. See you soon. Bye now. Bye.